Hello, after a frantic weekend, UBS secured an historic last-minute takeover of Credit Suisse, averting a potential collapse. There's been an awful lot of noise on the markets, and with me to cut through it all is senior analyst Federico Wynn, who covers the banking sector. Welcome to you, Fede. Um, it's not just the bankers and regulators who've been working through the weekend, I know. So what's it like to be a financials analyst at a time like this? As a financial analyst, you know, for example, I, I've been covering banks for, what is it, 13, 14 years now. Um, so really, I've seen a lot of crises uh, pan out in the banking sector. It's a sector that is prone uh, to hiccups and ups and extremes, ups and downs. So what I'm trying to do at the moment is use all my experience uh, to try and guide us through this current crisis. Well, we need your experience at times like this. For those who haven't been following the story blow by blow, how did we get here? Because last week it was all about a much smaller regional bank in the west coast of the US, and now it's all blown up in Zurich. Why is that? Uh, basically what we're seeing is a crisis of confidence in some of the, call it, weaker banks or banks that have certain issues uh, that has leapt over the Atlantic and basically hit Credit Suisse, who had already suffered a deposit run uh, last year and was left um, shaken. Uh, and what we're seeing currently is, well, was a second deposit run, and the banks, the bank simply got overwhelmed by it. It wasn't a capital issue, it was a liquidity issue. Um, could this be translated into other European banks? Well, actually, we think not. We think we're being a bit more positive here. We think that the deposit run called possibly the weakest European bank. Uh, but if we look at wider, large GSIB or systemically important banks, they're all in fairly good nick currently. You know, they've got good capital, high liquidity levels. Um, you know, they are in good shape to potentially withstand a body blow. But I don't think, uh, we don't think this body blow is necessarily coming. Well, I wanted to ask you about that because the, the Swiss authorities were obviously determined to send a big signal about Credit Suisse and trying to staunch any 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 flows any worries that might be there as you look at the rest of of europe uh, you know the banks are in a good state as you say but what about the psychological impact of how the authorities have stepped in this time both in switzerland and in the rest of europe basically what the swiss authorities did is they manufactured the purchase of credit suisse by ubs for three billion uh, swiss francs so if you were to grab the closing price of Credit Suisse shares, if you had Credit Suisse shares at the close of Friday, you got about 37.5 cents recovery on your money. Uh, however, 81 holders, and an 81 is a deeply subordinated bail-inable uh, debt, were zeroed by the Swiss regulator. And, um, and there are a lot of cries of, of that Basically, the waterfall, the lost waterfall was not respected. First equity goes, then the deeply subordinated bonds, and then the bail-inable senior bonds go. Uh, this was not respected in the Swiss example, and now the European Union, uh, the Bank of England have come out with statements saying they wouldn't do the same. What's happened, though, today was um, sharp falls in 81, so deeply uh, subordinated, subordinated 
debt prices and also in equities. However, as the day has gone on and other regulators have said, no, we wouldn't do what the Swiss did, prices have been stabilizing. So the markets become from disorderly in the morning to a lot more orderly by the afternoon. That's good to hear. It's the product of intense deal-making over a few days, and they, they felt they had to get it done by Sunday evening European time before the Asian um, markets uh, opened, which they did. Um, but when they work that fast, um, what do you think the unintended consequences might be? What what might emerge? I mean, you've been looking at it today, but in the days to come. Well, firstly, let's think about not so much what the unintended consequences were, but the intended consequences and the successes they have uh, have had in, in this deal. Firstly, the extended liquidity line uh, last week of $50 billion to Credit Suisse that bridged the gap to the weekend. During the weekend, they already knew this bank uh, had suffered such a terrible deposit run, it was no longer viable. Um, Then uh, the textbook definition, what you should do is you should look for a private solution, a solution between two banks, not necessarily nationalizing the bank as is in the purview of Swiss law or bailing in the debt holders necessarily. Uh, but they they basically forced the market deal through. So that's the positive uh, bit is that, um, yeah, they managed to stabilize the situation within a a market-based solution. Um, The unintended consequences are one is the 81 market um, is wobbling just because of the size of Credit Suisse bonds relative to this entire subordinated market. So Credit Suisse bonds were about 7% of the 81 market. Um, and in, in in if you just look at the dollar bonds of this market, it was around 13%. So the first unintended consequence is basically the 81 market might go on strike. Buyers of these bonds might say, we don't, we don't want to buy this. The risk reward is not right here. The price is not right. Um, the intended consequence, though, or things that have happened positively were that senior bonds were not bailed in. So bailable senior bonds are still whole. Uh, they were not touched and they're migrating to UBS. Um, had these been bailed in, I think we've ha- we would have had a far greater market reaction. But they found a market solution, a way uh, to capitalize UBS so that it is able to... Um, to basically fix uh, the Credit Suisse Investment Bank and run off other assets. Great. Fede, Federico Wynn, thank you very much indeed. We'll let you get back to the screens. That's all from us for now. Goodbye. This podcast is for investment professionals only and should not be relied upon by private investors. This podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is intended only for the person or entities to which it is sent. It must not be reproduced or circulated to any other party without the prior permission of Fidelity. The value of investments can go down as well as up, so you may get back less than you invest. For other important legal notices, please visit your local Fidelity website.